All right. So in this episode, you're going to get to hear from my friend, fellow PT, fellow runner, and fellow coach, Megan James. Uh, Megan James is out in upstate New York, and she's going to share um, really on her running journey, on her journey as a PT and coach. But you're going to get to hear from someone who ran since she was eight. She ran in high school and college, um, but didn't necessarily ever reach her peak then or really even get to the point where she was training at a degree to reach the goals she really wanted to in running. Um, and much of her success has come lately and um, in her as, as, as she grew as a person and in her, you know, later in life, um, it shouldn't make it sound like, you know, she's a lot older. She's 31, um, similar to my age, but, um, you're going to need to listen to what she really has done to make herself a better runner and also what she does with her coaching athletes. And, um, she coaches high school as well and just get to know her overall experience as a runner, coach, and PT. Also going to get her input on um, a, a big injury she had as well, which I think is important for all of us to hear. So super excited for you guys to get to hear from Megan today. Megan, thanks again for being on, and we will see you guys inside. So one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your breaking five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their breaking five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. I'm here today with Megan James. Uh, Megan is a physical therapist, runner, a mom, a running coach, all of it. Um, and she is the owner of Immersion PT in upstate New York, in Charlton, New York. And super excited to have Megan here today. We have a lot of similarities. Of course, I am not a mom, but um, besides that, a lot of similarities. And super excited to get to know her story a little bit more um, and just let her share her knowledge with all of you. So Megan, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Yes, this will be, be fun. <laughs> um, so if you don't mind, if just give a quick little, well, I gave a little introduction of where you're at and everything. If you want to give an introduction to how you got into running and when your running journey started. So my running journey really started way back when I was like eight years old. Uh, and my, I swear I won't, I won't go the whole story, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll cut you off if it's too much. No, I'm All right. Good. Um, my grandma was on a race committee and I had spent the night at her house. So in the morning, my grandfather was like, you want to go check out the race? So mm -hmm. I said, okay, sure. And we went and I ran and it was a 3k. That was my first race. Um, went back the next year and I went to do the 3k course and someone stopped me and was like, no, 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 we don't have the 3k anymore. You got to do the 5k. I was like, 
okay then. <laughs> so off I went. Um, and that was really the start of it. And since then I did through middle school, I would do like a road race or two and I would walk with my dad and my grandma and then I'd have to run to catch up with them. And then I'd walk cause I get tired. And, um, <laughs> eventually I was able to run the whole thing and beat my dad, which was fun. Um, <laughs> so in, um, ninth grade, I joined the outdoor track team and I did sprints and pole vaulting. Uh, it didn't go well. So I, I was going to be done with track. Sounds fun. I've never pole vaulted before though. Thanks. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so hard. I, I really, I, it was a complete failure, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was going to be done with track and then someone convinced me my sophomore year to run indoor track. I did distance and I switched to distance for outdoor. And that's when I was like, Oh, I'm actually like, I'm not too bad at this. I can do this. So, um, so that's when it, when it started and I ran in high school and in college. Um, I dropped field hockey and I did all three seasons for my sophomore and junior year of college. Um, senior year, I decided I had had enough. Um, so I quit, took a year off, ran a few times. And then I got back into it when I went to PT school um, realized how out of shape I was. And from there, it's just like my love for the sport and my commitment and, um, the level of seriousness that I take with it has just, it's really grown tremendously since then. Um, so I'm, I love it. I will sit down and talk about running all day if you let me. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what most of our conversations at home are about. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, I mean, now I'm, I'm up into longer distance racing. I, I really like 15 K and a half marathon distance. Um, but I'll do anything from a mile up to a marathon and, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just love it. Even now without, uh, having any guaranteed races on the calendar for the yeah. foreseeable, foreseeable future. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. I love going out there and training every day. Right. Just the, the act of showing up every day and putting in the work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even without any races. Um, so did you, I, I love how many people have gotten into running from like their parents or for you, it was your grandma and your dad then, right? So the first race was my mom's parents. Okay. And then from there, it was my dad and his mom that oh. I would go to the races with. Okay. Yeah, so bo both sides, really. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I love how many people like ran since they were little. Like I just started running because I needed a sport to do in the fall, but, <laughs> um, but you were running since a good you were reason. little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I needed, it was that or swimming. And I was so sad that I couldn't do all the, like, two of the sports I wanted to do were in the same season. So that was sad. And it's softball and soccer. I was like, why can't they be in separate seasons? But other, I wouldn't have ran then. I would have never we, ran. Our soccer is in the fall here. Really? Yeah. What? Jealous. Well, I guess, yeah. like I said, I probably I wouldn't have started running if that would have been the case. So maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in that realm, I, I wouldn't be even have a breaking five podcast to be I know. something else. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so did you love running like the whole time? Like, have you always loved running or did it like come at a certain time for you that you started to really just love the sport? 
Um, I, I enjoyed it when I was younger. It was fun. I had friends who were on the team. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't like all in focused on it and yeah. doing everything I could. Um, in college, I, I wanted to love it. I really wanted to love it. And I just, I didn't have a good relationship with my coach and as much as I loved my teammates and still some of them are, were, were close friends and, um, it just not having that support from a coach, it just broke me down. And I, I, I don't think I lost my love for it. I think I just, I wasn't in the right situation, right environment. So when I, when I found it again, um, and got back into it on my own terms, then I was like, okay, I can do this how I want to do it. And I've gone through a couple individual coaches and group coaches and my husband coaches me and now I coach myself. And, um, once I, once I found the right environment, yeah, I just like, I don't think the love ever went away. Yeah. It was there. I kind of got misguided in college and I wanted to love it. It just, it wasn't right at the time. Yeah. And that's, and, and so you're an example of someone that didn't necessarily have a great college experience, which really, um, I'm thinking back on the last three people, shoot, four people I've had on and none of you, none of you all have either finished the whole college career or you didn't like it, you know, whether it was injury or just having, you know, not having as great an experience. And if you don't mind talking about it, if you do, just let me know. But what, um, like what, anything that you learned that would be helpful for anyone looking to, I guess, run in college that would be um, helpful to know to look for when they're going in? Is there something you could have done looking back now or just not necessarily just happened? That I mean, I, I could have, I could have taken it more seriously. Like, I mean, I would go to the dining hall and eat pasta with Alfredo sauce pretty much every day. So, Hey, why not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, there definitely could have been some better choices in that department. Um, it was college. I didn't sleep consistently. <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah, I, so there were a lot of things that I think a lot of college kids just don't realize that they're doing. And, right. Um, I think I, I lost fitness. My, um, I was in great shape coming out of senior year of high school and I ran just over 20 minutes for 5k on the track. And that was the best I'd ever run. Um, I wasn't a stellar athlete, but I was decent. Um, so my college coach saw that and he was like, Oh, okay, this is going to be great. She's going to contribute a lot to the team. Yeah. Um, but I chose to do field hockey my freshman year of college and we did no conditioning work and we had done a lot of conditioning in field hockey in high school. Um, so I just expected it to be the same and we didn't do that. And then we were away for games on the weekend. So I couldn't get in a longer run. Um, so I just lost my fitness and I came back to the start of indoor season, my freshman year and going from running like, five miles a week he wanted me to go up to 40 like right away and I was like okay (laughs) sure whatever so right off the bat I'm starting with an injury and being just overreaching yeah and my first race was like I don't even know if I was under six minutes for a mile on the track (laughs) 
and I was just like, wow, this is not good, but okay, I'm going to keep working at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, I think that race, that first race was when the, the disappointment from my coach started because he thought I was going to be this great runner and he'd have something gotcha. to build off of. And, and we had just gone about it the wrong way going into that season. So I wasn't being set up for success. And right. part of that is on me. I, you know, I didn't say anything to him like this doesn't seem right. Cause I didn't know. Right. But, um, I guess if I had to do it again, I would have gone, I would have dropped field hockey and I would okay. have just gone right into cross my freshman year. And I think I would have had a much more positive college experience okay. than had I started that way. And you just yeah. did field hockey your freshman year then or? Yeah. Yep. I just, I wasn't clicking with the team and okay. I didn't get a lot of playing time and yeah, I was getting closer with the, um, the cross country and, and track teams. I was like, Oh, I'm just going to go all in on that. Yeah. Makes more sense. So, yeah. So you clicked with the, the cross country and track teams and, but not necessarily maybe the coach necessarily or. Yeah, definitely not the coach. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And it sounds like they, he, he or she didn't seem to like, was it more of like a, like you said something about like a disappointment, like you weren't like show showing up as he or he thought you yeah, were going he, to be he. yeah yeah I just I always I was busting my butt and I was never good enough um I mean I I vividly remember this workout um I think it's a great workout but so the it's on the track and it's a mile a miler workout okay. um you do six 300s okay. at mile pace or 1500 pace yeah um followed by three 1100s okay so the first 800 is tempo and then you go right into a 300 at mile pace okay so if it's done correctly those last 300s are they're brutal (laughs) you're coming out of a tempo and going into a mile pace wait the tempo Um, was the 1100 then it's a yeah well it's an 1100 total but you do 800 tempo right into a 300 oh oh gotcha yeah yeah okay okay yeah yeah. So those last 300 are, they're, they're tough. And at the time I was running like, I don't know, 510, 515 for the 1500. Yeah. Um, so my 300s should have been about like 62, 63 and my tempo somewhere about seven minute pace. Yeah. Um, when we did this as a team, our tempos were never, actually tempo they were like faster no they were slow oh okay because you wanted to save it you were being smart yeah. you're like we're gonna save yeah. this. so we were not doing a, a tempo pace for that 800 and then our 300s are fast <laughs> of course the coach had no idea uh, or maybe he did i don't know um but this workout i for some reason i had to do it by myself one day and he was down there and i did my tempo at an actual tempo pace and he got so mad at me because I wasn't breaking 60 in my 300s. Oh, jeez. I'm like, well, I shouldn't be. That's not my, that's not my mild pace. Right. And I'm doing, I'm doing the workout, like, as it should be done. Right. And I'm doing it alone. Yeah. And it's still not good enough for you. And yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm out here working so hard. And 
I, yeah, so that was really, it was just, it was that kind of thing over and over. I was just never good enough, even if I worked hard and, um, I always ran my tempo runs too fast because I was trying to prove that I was worth something. Yeah, yeah. And then come race day, I'm like totally beat. Then you're dead. So so I can't race well. So it's just like, you know, there are so many training errors that I just, I didn't really know how to fix them. And um, I didn't have the support that would have really been beneficial. (laughs) Yeah. And at that age too, you're, you're still young enough that you're not, you're not at a level where you're like, Oh, I'm not necessarily being supported or treated the way I would want from a coach role. You're probably like, you're just, you're just trying to like, you know, you know, prove yourself and fit in and, and be a good athlete. And like that stinks at that age that to have something like that, you know, go on. And yeah, obviously yeah. It, it happens all the time. Like, um, it, I guess it depends on what kind of coach you're going to click with, but Overall, I mean, I obviously think the best is, you know, someone that's going to be supportive, not just, oh, you're not good enough. I don't think that I mean, that's like the old school mentality on a lot of sports, I think. But I mean, I don't know that it necessarily works. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And and that was like my relationship with him was not um, that wasn't everyone's like mm. he he was really um, he developed some really really strong athletes and teams and yeah I I couldn't even tell you how many all-american athletes he coached and um placing very high at country so his his coaching resume was really really impressive but we just we didn't click and you just did that just that that just kind of that ruined it for me yeah it's just like life and other things and yeah anything you could have uh you think looking back that would have helped to have done like to know if you were going to click with a coach or anything or not really at that age? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Cause I went into it. One of my high school teammates was running there when I got there. So, um, and she had a very positive experience. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I was ready to go. I was so yeah. excited for it. Um, so I don't know. I, I know I felt, I felt prepared and I remember walking into the athletic office on the first day of preseason, going to meet the field hockey coach and seeing the cross country coach and thinking, am I sure about this? Maybe I should be running. (laughs) So I probably just, I really just should have made that switch right from the start. Right away. But you found your way. And then my way, I mean, probably learned some stuff from it. And then you found your love of running later. And was this, um, before your daughter or after that you really got back, got into running? Um, um, it was serious and everything. Um, it was, it was both. (laughs) Okay. Both. Not a good answer. Yeah. You know, (laughs) um, before she was born. So my husband and I talked and I said, you know, running is really important to me and I want to be in a good position with my running when I get pregnant so that if I choose not to, or if I can't, for whatever reason, go back to running after, yeah, then I'm okay with it. And I won't have any regrets. Okay. Yep. So that, that I was pretty serious about it. And, um, and it worked out. I had hit the summer before I got pregnant, I had hit PRs in the mile and the 5k. I finally broke, um, finally broke 19 in the 5k. Awesome. Um, 
I, I got a PR and a 15K, but it was uh, like 30 seconds off of what I really wanted, but it was still, <laughs> it was still a PR. Um, I think I had a PR and a half that year. So like all over, I was like, all right, I'm at a good place. I, I this is a pretty great year. Um, that's fine. Yeah. And, but since having my daughter, um, yeah, I would, I would say I'm like borderline obsessive about it now. <laughs> maybe not even borderline maybe just obsessive <laughs> but at least you admit it so it's okay but but does it make you a better person is it <laughs> is it good for yeah you? yeah it is you know running is running is my life I <laughs> I coach myself I coach my high school athletes I coach my individual athletes yeah. um I treat runners as a PT <laughs> I, my friends are runners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, that's, is that's your husband life. a runner? You were telling me you talk about running a lot. Is he a runner too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he, yeah. he understands and he's like, okay with it. Oh, oh totally. Yeah. I, this was, he was obsessed with running in high school. Okay. Um, he, he would like come home from school and, um, just like scour the message, the forums like let's run and die stat and whatever else was up there at that time um so he was really obsessed with running and he still follows high school running pretty closely yeah um we went to the same high school and the the coach who he had is still coaching there so um so I've been able to work alongside him as a coach he was my coach in indoor and now we're side by side coaching um yeah which is it's, it's kind of fun to do it that way. Um, right. So yeah, my husband is still, he doesn't run much anymore, but yeah, he still enjoys it and he, he likes, likes to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Forgot to add. Yes. Megan is a high school coach as well. I didn't, I said coach, I guess, oh. but I didn't add that part in, <laughs> but awesome. What, um, what was I going to say? What, what has made the difference since you have gotten back into running and really, you know, getting to your top times and top shape and kind of where you're at today. Um, what was the, the difference maker there? Just being more consistent or, or, or what was it? Um, yeah, consistency has been helpful. Um, uh, and really switching the mindset of running to run just mm-hmm. because it's fun or to get exercise yeah, or to fill time versus running to train and to perform. Yeah. So that, by switching that mindset, now I've prioritized my training, which encompasses recovery and sleep and nutrition and managing everything else in my life so that I know I have time to commit to training. Yeah. No. And that's just such key. It makes running as, I guess, I mean, all sport is like that really, but it's kind of its own beast and needing to be on top of your game in all those aspects to to really perform at your best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's time consuming. It takes energy. Um, but since making those changes, I have been more, um, I guess more resilient would be a good, good word. And I can handle harder training sessions mentally because I know that I'm, 
I'm supported at home and I have the ability to go to bed at nine (laughs) o'clock and um, I, yeah, I just, I, it's become a priority for me. So it's become a priority for the family and my husband is very supportive and my daughter doesn't know the difference. She's only two. So <laughs> she just thinks she only all knows moms me as a runner. Like she just thinks that's what it's all. Yeah. Moms. So no difference. No. <laughs> She's two then? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I was wondering. I was like, I couldn't remember how old Emma was. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that. How has life changed as a runner since you've been a mom? Well, uh, <laughs> I run very early in the morning. <laughs> So there are many, like, I'm up at five o'clock most days to go running so I can get back before she wakes up. Um, That's the biggest thing. Like before she was born, I would, I could be convinced to get up early, but I wouldn't do it regularly. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't know, one, one day, yeah, it was this spring because it was at the start of the COVID like pre-quarantine COVID. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we all had to do, like, we still have to do our, our temperature checks and everything at work. Yeah. Um, and my training partner is, my, is a manager at one of the facilities that I go to. So she and her husband both run. They have three kids at home. I woke up at 3.30 one day. We started our workout at 4.05 so that she could be done and he could go running and then she could get to work on time to do the screenings. <laughs> like, oh, this is a new low. Like, no. <laughs> but it works. We're both moms and we both work and Right. It's the option only option <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. It it's we feel much better. We are more focused throughout the day. We can go home from work and know that now we have family time. And it's not go home from work struggle to get out the door and go for a run knowing that you have to be back in 20 minutes to make dinner or to pick a kid up from somewhere and right so we do it early and it works it's early but it works yeah yeah I think I feel like you messaged we were talking that day or something I swear I swear you (laughs) maybe it was a different day you got up at 3 30 but I don't know (laughs) I remember like oh man possible (laughs) yeah there there have been some early mornings but yeah I don't know it's worth it to me I just go to bed early and I don't know it it works out I have lots of energy and I feel good I feel ready to ready to go on with my day after I run that's good that's good how was your journey you know after um giving birth and everything getting back into running how was your postpartum journey for you um I was kind of a I guess I'll, I'll call myself a unicorn in this. Um, <laughs> it, it was really smooth sailing for me. Um, yeah. I started running, and I, I say running loosely. It was like a shuffle. Yeah. Uh, barely getting my feet off the ground. But um, at two weeks postpartum, and it was for like 30 seconds. So <laughs> it was not much, but it was, it was running. Right. Um, and our that was two years ago so now in the last year we've had these updated guidelines um for healthcare professionals that recommend waiting until at least 12 weeks postpartum 
and when Emma was born, the guideline was still like six to eight weeks, but I was, you know, I was feeling good and I figured I'll try it. If something goes wrong, it's fine. I have connections. I have a relationship with a pelvic PT already. I can get in with her and I can, I can, I'll be fine. If I can't run for another four weeks, okay, whatever. Yeah. So I tried and it was fine. Um, I ran a half at... I think, I think it was actually at 13 weeks postpartum. Okay. Um, it was not, not pretty, <laughs> uh, but I did it. Time wise um, or just even feeling wise where you're just like, Oh yeah. Natural? I mean, I ran like, I think I ran 145. So mm-hmm. it was about eight minute pace. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's like my, my half, my best half time is 127 right now. And that's a few years yeah. old. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm probably in shape for like 125 right now. Yeah. So it was a ways off of my best, which I expected, but, um, <laughs> I did it. Right. And finished I, it. I don't think I walked. I think I ran the whole time. Maybe I walked through a water station or something, but, um, yeah. Like looking at those, finish line pictures. I am, Oh, you tell you're struggling. <laughs> you're oh man. Yeah. And I was, I was not feeling good. I was still probably 20 pounds more than what I currently weigh. Okay. Um, so I had gained 50 pounds during my pregnancy. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. Um, even though, like I ran through the whole pregnancy, I ate well, I drank a ton of water. Yeah, and just I how your body took care of myself is just yeah, just it was. Yeah. gained so much. Um, so still at that point, I had a, a lot left to lose, right. and yeah, that I could I could feel that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> when you're trying to run 13 miles at 20 pounds heavier than what you're used to, right? It's pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was not pretty, but it, I did it, and <laughs> and that, it was smooth. Like I, I had a, like a couple days, I think, where I backed off because my shins were hurting. But really, other than that, I had no issues that prevented me from running, which was pretty uncommon. But right. I'm very fortunate to have the knowledge and have the connections that I have. Yeah. So I I felt pretty well prepared and supported as I did that. That's good. That's good. What, um, so have you had any injuries in your running career? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have, um, I had had a bunch in high school and college that were pulled back for a week or two and yeah, and go back and nothing significant there. Um, I had a, a big one in, um, 2014. So I, I ran, this is my last year of PT school and I ran Boston in April and that was my second marathon. Um, and I did not, um, I did not appreciate the recovery period from a marathon. (laughs) So like less than two weeks later, I went out and tried to race a 5k (laughs) and it hurt really bad. That was, that was not pretty either. Um, And then two weeks after that, I went out and tried to race another 5k. And then like, I figured, oh, okay, whatever. I'm just, just recovering from the marathon, but I'm going to keep on training. And a few weeks later, 
um, I woke up and I was going to go for a short run before we were leaving to go hiking. And I got out of bed and I just had this piercing pain in my foot. And I was like, my foot is broken. Like there's no, no question about it. <laughs> so I got back in bed and I started crying. Oh no. <laughs> like it's over. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we still went hiking. So, you know, that was smart. <laughs> um, this is like an overnight two night, maybe it's just one night, but in the Adirondacks and for anybody who is familiar with Adirondacks, it's not easy going. Like it's very rocky and rooty and some sections are really steep. And then you add a 30 pound overnight pack and you're going up these mountains. It's like, what was I thinking? Gosh, but we did it. And being in the hiking boot actually most of the time didn't feel so bad on my foot. Um, until the very end when we were going down a very gradual downhill and I, I could feel it then. So after that, I was like, all right, well, I'm done. And, <laughs> uh, we'll see how long this break takes. Um, did you go get it? Like you just knew or did you like go get yeah. an imaging or anything? Or are you just like, no, I think it's a stress fracture. I knew, but I went to, um, I got an x-ray, um, didn't show anything, figured it wouldn't, but right. right. <laughs> um, that was the first step. And it was a few weeks before I got, before the podiatrist finally was like, all right, it's not getting better. You've been in a boot. You haven't been running. Let's do an MRI. I'm like, Thank you. I'm <laughs> yeah. waiting for this. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that MRI, the way he described it to me, um, and I, I did a presentation on this at, CSM, um, at our national conference for PTs, for anyone who doesn't know it, um, (laughs) on this injury. So I met up with him again after, as I was preparing for it. And he was like, yeah, when I saw your MRI, that just lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh my gosh. You're like, great. (laughs) So I had fractures, like full on fractures, very clearly defined, um, on my fourth metatarsal and uh, possibly on the cuboid. Okay. That one was a little less clear, but the fourth mat was really pretty clear. Yeah. Um, and that's just, it, it's just a weird spot for a runner. Like you yeah. see a second or fifth, but fourth. Yeah. Weird. So it, it's classified as a low risk site, <laughs> but so it should have been like six weeks maybe four. Right. If I was right. lucky. Yeah. Um, I didn't run for four months. <laughs> okay. Just, it was hurting still. I just did not want to get better. So I was in a boot and I was working. Um, at first I was at home. I had just finished my last clinical and graduated. So I was at home, not working yet. Um, studying for my boards. I can't run. I can't, couldn't do anything they told me not to bike even so I'm like going crazy in my house yeah you can't even (laughs) yeah oh my gosh um yeah so that went on for for four months pretty much of no running um and eventually in the last month he put me on crutches to I was (laughs) non-weight bearing for a month and it just it would not heal (laughs) 
<sighs> yeah. So at that point, I was like eating as much kale as I could and <laughs> cherry juice and anything that I possibly could that might give it a little bit of a boost. Right. Um, and and that's when we started. My husband and I started to change our diet too. Um, started eating more wholesome foods. Um, not a ton of local stuff. We eat almost entirely local foods now, but yeah, um, we just, I don't know. We didn't, we weren't into it at that point, but yeah, we made our own food and, um, made our own bread and we didn't drink juice and we didn't really eat much sugar or packaged right. foods, all that um, little stuff. And, and that really, so that was like the silver lining in my injury was that we, we made that transition and, um, that stuff that has, that was the start of where we're at now with our nutrition and, um, is also the start of recognizing the importance of recovery and cross training and strength training and prioritizing my whole body health, not just run as much as I can and see what happens. Yeah. 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 So that, that was, that was long. It was about, um, I think it was about eight months before I was really from the, from the start until I was back to racing. Okay. Okay. So, and how many, how many months off of like running altogether? What do you say? It was, yeah, it was almost four months of no running. And then the next month was like walk, run and right. Run every other day. And yeah, I started stringing a couple together and then my foot started hurting again. So I had to take a week off, but it was, it was just a mess. I, yeah. I don't know. It, it was so frustrating, but I learned a lot from that. Yeah. Definitely. Any, um, any advice for anyone that goes through an injury, anything you learned during that time? <laughs> <laughs> find, find people who will, uh, I, I know you, you do this with your, or your coach does this with you, but find people who will tell you when it's time to pull back. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and because sometimes it's hard as a runner, as an athlete, um, it's so hard. You want to go and keep performing and doing your best, but everybody has a threshold. And for me, that was run a marathon and then run two five Ks in the next month. Like, that was just that was stupid. Yeah. So you're but, like lesson learned there, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I have my athletes now, um, like my high school athletes, I require them, they have to take a week off completely at the end of each season. And I really would like it to be more, but the way our schedule and competition works out throughout the year, they they can't. So we do a week off completely and then a week of just getting back into it. Right. Um, and at the end of the school year, I, I say two weeks minimum and you take up to four if you want. Yeah. Um, so for them, I, I'm really, and, and they're, they're kids. They don't, they don't need to be put under that stress. No, no. So I know that as a PT and I know that from personal experience too. Right. So I'm really trying as a coach to make sure that my athletes feel supported and, to recognize the importance of that recovery time, even yes. though, yeah, you're, you're going to come back and it's going to be a struggle to run and 
you're going to feel out of shape and that's okay. We want yeah. that. You need yeah. that downtime. So, um, that appreciating the recovery and keeping easy days easy. So your hard days can be hard. Those, those are lessons that I learned from that injury that I have really carried through in my own training and in my coaching. Yeah, no, and it, sometimes it takes getting, it, a lot of times it takes getting injured to like really learn, I think, sometimes too. Um, yeah, unfortunately. And I have, and I don't know if this person will listen, and I'm not going to mention names or whatever, but I had an athlete like early on who, after doing a big race, got a stress fracture shortly after. And it was early on in my coaching in the sense of um, this person was done with, you know, me being their coach. And, you know, so they just kind of went off and did their own thing after training. And I was still not in the mindset of, um, you know, if someone wanted to do something, I wasn't as forceful. Like, no, I really don't think you should do this. Like you need to do this. Like, that's just something in general I've had to get better at in, in being more um, assertive, I guess, in what someone needs and not being nice per se, because being nice doesn't really actually get them what they need. But anyways, this person went on and got a stress fracture. Like, I think it was like two weeks later. Um, because they were, they, they didn't really rest after this race and just went on and doing, you know, higher mileage. And I think even some speed and like, just almost even more than not more than beforehand, but, um, just kind of, I see that pattern in what you just described, like you, you like, and this is just for anyone listening. It's like you, um, you know, marathon is very stressful, obviously, um, (laughs) even a half marathon and your body really breaks down and it's fine for the time being, but you have to respect that and you have to appreciate that after, um, you know, for a couple of weeks after, and you can't just expect that it's going to respond. And I think how Megan showed it's a prime time to kind of get injured if you don't take care of yourself and rest. <laughs> right. And, and there's a time and a place for training through a race, right? You're not, you're not peaking. So you're not tapering down. Um, and, and you're not looking at that to be your goal race. And maybe it ends up being a fantastic race or a PR just because you're in good shape. Um, that happens certainly. But if you're going through your peak race, that's, that's the end of your training cycle. Yeah. So that, that's where you end. And then you have to, you have to restart and it takes time for your body to process that you're done and we're going to start fresh, but yo, not quite yet. I'm not ready yet. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, yeah if you're if you're training for a marathon to race a half marathon a month before it's not really it's not all that taxing because of where you are in a training cycle right right yep if you go and race a half and then the week later you race a full that's a little questionable right you're just you're putting two big things right together and then not allowing that recovery. So right. there's, there's definitely, um, yeah, there's a time and a place for training through versus peaking. And that's yeah. something that you get when you have a coach who's looking out for you and has your right. long-term goals and your best interests at heart. Right. Exactly. Benefits of having a coach. And then of course yeah. there's the crazy athletes and I don't even know what to you know, not the crazy, but I just remember like the very endurance junkies per se, in the sense of people doing crazy things, like running so many marathons in so many days, like that's a whole nother thing, but some, I guess, I don't know, somebody's hold up or maybe they're just really injured. Yeah. Yeah. Some do. I met this guy, my first and only marathon, which if you ever heard me talk about my marathon experience, 
guys, I did not train for this thing. I just did it. It was fun. It's fun, fun to go run a marathon, not train. It was, you know, a great experience. <laughs> it really was. Um, but I was running with this guy and I feel like he, we ran together for a while. He was helping pace me, but he was just running this marathon for fun. And I think the next day or like two days later, he was going to run another marathon that he was actually going to like try to race faster. <laughs> I'm just oh. thinking of this, like he's doing this because he, I think he was doing like the 50 states thing, like run a marathon in every state. And we're in Minnesota. And I think he was going out to like Montana. Oh, okay. You know, and, a yeah. and that was going to be the one he was going to like race per se. I swear. That's what I remember from this guy. He was like an yeah. Iron Man, you know, and all that. But I just, I like, I thought that's a whole nother level, like that. I don't think I'll ever be on. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Me neither. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's just, I mean, I can barely get on the marathon level, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll see one day, maybe. <laughs> um, and so for you, your main goals or the marathon's kind of a big goal for you, right? This year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see what happens race wise, but my, my marathon training hasn't in the past been really focused. Okay. It's kind of just been like, I do workouts and I do long, long runs and hope that it works out. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, and it's been fine. I've, I've run, um, almost six marathons and they've all been about three thirty, like within a, 10, I think 326 to 338. Mm-hmm. So they're all fairly consistent. And, yeah. um, but I'm definitely not where you're at is, knowing your skills. No, like so knowing not. my, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so my goal for this year was to really do a focused marathon block and see what I can get. I know there's a lot more left on the table. And yeah it's just, it's just waiting for me. So, um, so that's my goal and see, I don't know, maybe at some point I go under three, but right now I'd like to get under three fifteen. Right. First step. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe if all the stars align through my training cycle and on race day, I don't think it's out of the question, no. but no, it's, it's not likely. It's a huge um, PR, it'd be crazy, cycle. like, yeah, I went from 326 to under three, <laughs> but it's definitely possible yeah. with where you're at, like, I would, yeah, 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 I, I wouldn't be surprised if I went under three, or three oh, yeah, something, but, um, the, the focus is, is 315, and yeah, see what happens, um, so yeah, that's, that's the goal for this year, get that marathon to where it, closer to where it, really where I think it should be. Will you do a virtual marathon if you have to, if like all races get canceled or would you wait? <laughs> I will probably, uh, you know, you know, it depends on the day. <laughs> I feel like mm. last, last week when I found out my race went virtual, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it virtually. It's in October. I've got perfect weather. I'll just pick a day that looks great. Line up a couple pacers and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> three hours without an actual race? Uh, it doesn't seem so fun. <laughs> so today, no, I would not do it virtually. Tomorrow, today. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the day. Ask me. So maybe one day you're just going to wake up and want to do it, and then you're just going to go do it, right? Is that how it's going to happen? <laughs> it very what? well could be that way. <laughs> like, yes. I'm feeling up for a marathon today. I'm just going to go run. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I had a goal when I, we lived in Syracuse. Um, we lived two miles from the Erie Canal path at three different locations to get on it. And the path, well, the, this thing goes all the way across the state, but like the actual path with no cars was about 30 miles in our area. And at that time it was all cinder, like crushed stone. And I love running on that surface. So I wanted to run that whole length point to point and just for fun. <laughs> but now we don't live in Syracuse and it's been paved for a lot of it. So that's really not enticing anymore. <laughs> it's not as cool now that it's paved. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> Do you have any um, like key workouts, even just like one key workout or your favorite workout for marathon training? One that makes you feel oh. good and readier. Well, I, mm, you know, I don't know. Cause I haven't been in a marathon cycle for so long that my workouts have really changed. Okay. Um, I love long runs though. Okay. And give me a, a long run with some rolling hills and throw in marathon pace chunks okay um 10 12 miles of marathon pace and yeah. i love it <laughs> um well, that's, that works that's a key workout for sure yeah yeah i uh, like i'll do that i did that a couple years ago when i was training for a 15k just because i i love long runs and i did a 20 mile run with half of it at marathon pace just yeah because i felt like it <laughs> <It's unfair>. uh, <laughs> so that, yeah, that would probably be my, my best, my, my favorite marathon workout. But um, in terms of any distance workout, I, I love 1Ks. Mm -hmm. they, are, they are my favorite by far. Yeah. And I love doing them at threshold. I yeah. love doing them at uh, like a 5K pace. Mm -hmm. I just love 1Ks. <laughs> no 1k's are good I like 1k thresholds like I always we did a ton of 1k thresholds in college um because we'd always do uh we'd have a speed day on Tuesday you know off Monday Tuesday speed day and then Wednesday would be a threshold day of some sort and a lot of times it was you know 1k repeats I remember and it was just like a feel-good workout I guess especially a day after doing a hard workout um yes so no, that was going to be my next question. I'm guessing maybe this is it. What's your favorite workout to give your high school athletes? Um, well, if I want to give them something where I know they're having fun and loving it, um, I give them a ladder. Okay. And this is, we do it really more in track season than cross, but, yeah. um, but a four, three, two, one ladder on the track and they just, they love it. Um, either that or, uh, 400 repeats for them. Yeah. So I'll, I'll set them up in pairs and I, I more or less rank them and I pair the fastest with the slowest and we do a partner relay for eight or 10, 400s, whatever it is. Um, and they're working with each other, but also competing against each other and getting in a really good workout. And I usually, um, usually what happens is like the groups in the middle 
are the ones who finish first as a okay. team. Okay. So it doesn't, you know, the fastest girl is not yeah. the first one done, which is, I think, kind of humbling right. for that right. girl. Yeah. Um, and it's the one who are like the, maybe the fourth and fifth, right. sixth runners on the team yep. that get paired with like the 11th and 12th runners. Yeah. And, and they're, they make that great combo because they're getting about equal rest yeah. and interval. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that one's really fun to watch unfold. Yeah. See them have to work together and yeah. Yeah. Well, that would Sometimes be... I'll jump in there with them and do it. I was, gonna, I was wondering if you, if you did any with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like to run workouts with them. Um, especially if it's something like a temple run. Um, for some of them, like for my top girls, I, in a temple run, they don't, I, well, I can't really keep up with them, but <laughs> like my third and fourth, fifth, um, and, and on, I can run. And I am literally sometimes pushing them, like hand on their back, pushing them. Okay. Just, just a little bit quicker, just a little bit yeah. quicker. And they hate it, but they love it too. You know, yeah. typical running. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, I really like running workouts with them because then I'm there and I know how they're feeling and I yeah. can listen to them breathe and I can watch their posture. Mm -hmm. And if, if they're not relaxed, like, okay, shake it out your arms, drop your head a little bit. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I think it's really beneficial to have the, uh, the ability to run with them. No, I agree. When I, when I, co you're making me, first off, you're making me miss cross country right now. <laughs> and I haven't even done any work here. Like I thought I might try to find if there's a team to help coach or something, but with everything being unknown, <laughs> I don't think there's even going to be seasons down here. So to be honest, so haven't yeah. done anything, but you're making Florida's me not looking so good. <laughs> no, not looking good, but maybe we'll be hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful for everything. <laughs> um, but I know at the beginning of last season, my first year, coaching like I was nervous to ask because I was assistant coach at first and, until the head coach had her baby and you know my first experience coaching and I was too nervous to ask if I could run with them at first like you know workouts and stuff and then finally I was like I'm gonna run the workouts with them um and it was so helpful to work run the workouts and just be out there with them and um and I think it makes them respect you more too like you're doing the workouts with them they're like oh maybe she doesn't know what she's talking about but but really yes. more so just to be there and see how they run and how they yeah how they do the workouts and everything it was definitely helpful <laughs> yeah and I think it also gives me a sense of uh helping to develop a race strategy for them yeah because I know that um by running these workouts with them I know that they have a preference of leading just a little bit if it's a half half a step ahead of the next person they're going to run really well if they're leading by that little bit or do they like to tag onto the back of a pack and just let that group carry them yeah or do they want to start out fast and they find it takes them a little bit to settle yeah. in yeah or are they starting out slow and they have to ramp right. up so so running the workouts with them it allows me to give them that strategy and say in this race you're going to see that lead pack up there. Just keep them in your sight. Just keep yeah. them there. You'll be okay. If you bust it out in the first 400 just to stay there, you're not going to hang on. But right. you have the strength to 
keep them in sights and work your way up to them. That's your style of racing. So we're going to go with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. No, it's, it's, it's helpful to be right, right in there um, with them for sure. You guys know if you guys are having a season or. No, we're supposed to find out um, the first week in August. So a couple okay. weeks from now. Yeah. If um, what's going on with schools. Yeah. And from there, what's going on with athletics. Yeah. I don't know. Manhattan Invitational got canceled, which okay. ex- I expected. It's massive. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see. We have a home invitational, um, and we have in the past few years had about a hundred teams, hundred schools okay. coming to our invitational. So that might be a lot smaller this year. Yeah. Um, and that's even in conflict some years with Manhattan invitational. So it, you know, it's gotten pretty big. Um, we might not be allowed to travel out of section. We might right not have may have i don't know may have caps on the number of teams or the number of kids feet apart and the racing course i don't know yeah yeah unfortunately with cross country yeah it's a little more feasible than like football right to consider that we might be able to do it (laughs) right no exactly so yeah at least you can run six feet apart you can't really play football and stay six feet apart just not yeah yeah (laughs) and and I told the girls in the spring like in our meeting at the end of the school year um which we had to do on zoom because we weren't allowed to be in person but um I said there's a chance that we have a season and you have to wear a mask every time you're running yeah and they don't like that idea I I don't either but (laughs) I'd rather have a season at least be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm hopeful, but I don't know. We'll, we'll find out in a couple of weeks if it's, if it's even a possibility. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. We're going to find out a lot soon, I guess, with school and stuff of what's going on. So <laughs> man, yeah. is yeah. there, I know we haven't talked a whole ton, I guess, about your PT side of things, but is there anything, um, you feel like you've really learned by working with runners, you know, as a PT and a coach, anything um, in particular that really comes to mind that you've learned that you've, I guess, yeah, just learned from your experience of working with runners. Um, runners are, are uh, a very different breed <laughs> from, from normal people. <laughs> um, and, and as a PT, it, I really, I mean, working with runners, that's in my element totally. Right. But working in a general sports and ortho clinic when I started, like, I, I'd have to change my mindset. Yeah. Okay, not, not every person here with knee pain is going to want to go out and run three yeah. miles on, on a Friday morning. Yeah. Uh, so being able to change that mindset, I think, has um, sometimes it's been a challenge to, to appreciate that not everyone wants to be at that level. Right. Um, but in, in terms of working with runners, I, I would say for any runner, if you're having an injury or a training question or, or maybe an injury, um, you need to find a, a PT who works with runners Yeah. because not only does my mindset change from working with a runner to a non-runner, but 
in talking with PTs who don't work with runners, yeah, that it's very, very different. And you don't have, if you don't have someone who gets it, then you're going to be, you're limiting yourself to yeah. properly and fully address whatever injury or issue you're having and be able to take it to the next level. And right. so, so in my practice, I, I, I consider myself as functioning at the intersection of rehab and performance mm-hmm. because there are a lot of things that PTs know yep. and do, and there are a lot of things that coaches know and do. Yep. And in the middle <laughs> is me and a lot yep. of other people too, like you, yep. Yep. <laughs> um, that we have experience and knowledge and terminology from both worlds. Right. And we're runners too. So you had that in there. Right. Um, so we're speaking the same language and we can help to communicate and facilitate different levels. If you're working with a PT who is just a, I don't want to say just a PT, but right. Doesn't work with runners. Doesn't have a background in running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they will probably be able to help you get rid of your knee pain or whatever, right. but to take you to the next level and say, uh, yeah, I, I guess you can probably go back to doing your workouts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Do you know what my workouts entail? Right. And should I do all of it? Should I go less volume, less intensity, less frequency? Right. Or can I just go right back at it? 100%. Yeah. So I think in working with runners, um, my advice to runners is to find a PT who does that. Yeah. And and can can use pull from experiences on both sides to be able to provide you with the best outcome and the best long-term success and overall guidance rather than stopping stopping you short. Right, right. Yeah, no, and just understand that <laughs> like okay, yeah, get back to running and it's like you know, some PTs might even know how to do like a walk run plan or get you back to some distance runs, but it's like, I mean, some, not really, a lot of people don't necessarily, um, but then to actually get you back to your goals, it's just, no, like that's where they're, they're not, unless they're a runner and know how to work with runners. It's just not really a common thing. So no, I think that's super helpful for our listeners to hear for sure. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to add anything else you want to add, but let's move on to my favorite question, which is <laughs> what is your breaking five moment? <laughs> oh boy. Um, I would say my breaking five moment was, uh, last year in the fall, um, I was training for 15 K and I've had this goal for probably four years now, um, that of breaking 60 in the 15 K. So crazy. Sounds awesome. And (laughs) I was so close the year. Well, I was actually like seven weeks pregnant when I ran 60, 28. Oh, dang. So I, I was, was, Oh, seven. I was just, yeah, seven. I thought seven months. I was like, Oh my goodness. Oh God. No, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) I, I don't even think I could run one mile at that what? pace. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, 60, 28. So I was really close and, yeah. um, and I had had my eye on that for a few years prior. So this year, this past year going into that, I was like, you know, it has to happen. If it doesn't happen, like 
what am I doing wrong? What, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. So I remember having this talk, I was laying in bed with my husband the night before and we were, I was like, you know, I can't fall asleep. Like, tell me, tell me something like, <laughs> do you, do you really think I can break 60? Is this possible tomorrow that I do this? And, or am I just like way off target? And he was like, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, you can do it. You've had a solid training cycle. Your yeah. workouts have been right on par with, yes, absolutely, you can run sub 60. Yeah. Okay. So I went out and I had like one, uh, I think it was about mile five, where I was just, I was struggling. And I was like looking at my watch. I'm like, oh, this, I'm getting close to seven minute pace. This, this is not good. This is not good. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and a minute or two later, I was like, what am I thinking? Yes, I'm going to do this. I still have half the race to go. So let's turn it up a notch and pull it together and let's make it happen. So in that moment, I totally changed my mindset, which is very unlike me. I don't really, <laughs> uh, I'm not very aggressive as a, as a racer. Yeah. I'll run fast, but I, don't typically race, but I was like, no, this girl, nope, she's not going to pass me. Nope. This guy, I'm going to chase him. I'm going for it. And I got to the, the mile nine mark and there was a clock there. And I was like, Oh boy, this is going to be real close. I have to book it. And it's fortunately that last, um, quarter mile is really the last like mile and a half is downhill, but the last quarter is really downhill. <laughs> And I was just flying oh, and I was, I, I made it. I was 59, 37 or 38. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So way, way under. And I looked yes. back at my Garmin at the data and I was at the end, I was running 445 pace in the last oh quarter. <laughs> I did not have that much leg speed. You're like, shoot, man, maybe I even oh. had more in me then. This yeah. at the end of and that's, that's what my husband said. He's like, you ran that fast at the end. Why weren't you like, you should be way under 60. I'm like, Oh gosh. But yeah. So to, to cross that finish line and know that I finally, after four years or whatever it was, um, finally hit sub 60 was amazing. And I think that moment around mile five, when I switched my mindset and was like, no, I've come this far. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And in that moment, that, that was the make or break moment of the race. Yeah. Just deciding to go for it and doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And like you shared, you're not a super aggressive racer usually. And we, yeah, we've kind of chatted about that. Um, yeah. Is that something you've worked on or you want to become, I guess, more of an aggressive racer? Or? Yes. Um, Believe it or not, I, I am way more aggressive than I ever used to be, and I'm still not very. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's been a work in progress, and it still is. Um, I think being a mom has helped me with that because I've learned, um, well, I mean, just the, the physical act of growing a human and then giving birth. I, I know that pain has, there's, there's another side of that pain and right. discomfort. Right. So with racing, okay, what's a few minutes where my legs are feeling like they're going to fall off. Right. Not a big deal. Right. I'll feel great after. Yep. Yep. 
so so that has helped me to be more competitive in racing yeah for sure um but it's still still definitely a work in progress with that yeah yeah no it's just it's wherever you can get your mind to take you right it's not really you know necessarily your legs wherever you can get your mind to be uncomfortable and just yeah <laughs> do it yeah exactly <laughs> No, I love that. That's awesome. And to me, I don't know why, but maybe because I just haven't done a ton of longer distances like that and stuff, but it seems so fast to go under 60, you know, two or three 20 minute 5Ks in a row, you know, like it seems like, dang, okay. But I also know like it's not unreasonable for me, but it seems fast. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it is nice to see though in the results, like you go from the one zero yeah. zero, whatever, and now you're, you're into fewer digits on the results. Right. Isn't it just crazy how like times like that, like the 15 K is exciting. I mean, maybe it depends on where you're at, but exciting because you want to go under 60. Like it just makes it a fun like goal, I guess. Yeah. I mean, really what's the difference between 59, 59 and right. one zero 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 zero. Yeah. It's, one second. it's, so it's maybe a 10th of a second, yeah, <laughs> but exactly. It makes a big difference in my head. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share from your, you know, your personal journey, coaching journey, being a PT, anything else that, you know, you've learned through your experience as all of those that would be helpful for our listeners, um, to hear. I think the, the biggest thing that I have learned over the years is to find a, find your support crew and know who they are, know who to go to when you have a bad workout and you need somebody to tell you it's okay. Yeah. And know who to go to when you really crush your workout and you <laughs> want to brag a little bit. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or who's going to, who's going to go, um, you know, sit with you and have a few drinks versus saying something like, you know, you're in training, you really shouldn't be drinking. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, just find your, find your people and right. find those people who will get up with you up four in the morning and do a workout <laughs> I need those <laughs> or nine o'clock at night I don't know <laughs> knock on my door and drag me out of bed that's actually what I need so <laughs> yeah yeah but finding your support crew and keeping them close um for me that has been that has been really the the game changer and, and knowing who I can trust and um and having my husband especially support me and trying new recipes and traveling for races and yeah yeah whatever whatever right. he'll he'll kind of do whatever which is yeah no, really nice <laughs> yeah no it's definitely nice when you have a sport team like especially like that like the little things are just yeah like yeah exactly the meal prep being there so you're not doing it all all on your own <laughs> for sure yeah yep so I love it awesome well where can our listeners find you on social media, what's the best way to get in contact with you? So I have, um, my business is Immersion PT. Um, on Instagram, that is Immersion underscore PT. And then on Facebook, it's Immersion Physical Therapy. Perfect. You have any place you prefer to be contacted at? Any um, I mean, there's a link on my website um ptimmersion.net okay um there's just a contact form on there um or my email is megan at ptimmersion.net so 
yeah, but Instagram, Facebook messages, whatever works. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll leave those in the show notes. Um, if you want to get in contact with Megan, um, <clears throat> if you're in the upstate area, if you are in Charlton area, I have no clue where that is, but Hey, I know that's <laughs> where she's at. So if you're in that area, um, and you need a PT, if you want to connect with another runner and of course, just like really a lot of the PTs I'm bringing on here would do virtual stuff too. Um, but if you connect with her anyway, and just to chat, um, don't hesitate to reach out. I'll leave that in the show notes. Um, and otherwise anything else you can think of? I don't think so. I'm thanks for having me on. I'm really yeah. excited. This is fun. This is fun. I love I like doing podcasts. I just like, let's just talk about running. This is fun. Like, I know it's great. <laughs> like, this is my job per se. I mean, a part of it. I don't know. We'll do, we'll do this all day. So yeah, it's a good job. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Well, Thank you for coming on today, Megan. Um, it was a pleasure and enjoyed getting to learn a little bit more about you, even though I knew a decent amount about you already. Um, and we will see you guys all on the next episode. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a Breaking Five moment, that doesn't have to actually mean literally breaking five, just a breaking five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their breaking five moment, I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram, and that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.